my God. Oh my God, Rachel, why? Oh, oh, stop! Like, like, please stop! I'm saying, I'm, no, get off me! Yo, 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 Thought Warriors, what is up? Higher Learning is on. It's I, Van Lathan. You know, it is so, I want to talk about something real quick. No, no, nope. The Freddy stuff has to stop. Okay. Get it off the thing, man. I'm going to break it. Like, hey, you going to break it. Get it off the thing. Freddy will come back in your dreams. <laughs> can, y'all, can y'all get it off the, like, yeah, it, I, I really, like, you guys don't understand, man. It's like not, it's messed up. Even the, even the shirt bothers me. <laughs> Take that off. I understand that. But <laughs> even the shirt bothers me. You you guys will see it. What just happened in here was a fiasco. It, it, Rachel, like Rachel walked in here, asked Freddie once again, which I should have expected it, but I was on the phone talking about the Lakers. <laughs> and and it, it was the same thing. You like it. Here's the thing. Last time I did it over Zoom. So I owed it to you to do it in person. And I just want to shout out everybody for participating. Everybody was in on it. This was not a solo effort. Everybody helped make this possible. Wow. <laughs> See, the thing is, I'm not scared of anything like that. So no. it would take a, you might scare me with like an ex. No. But that might be the scariest thing to me. No, what you have to understand is that it will come back. I will find something. It was not even about fear, though. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you'll walk in here one day and Soup Kitchen will be sitting in your seat. <laughs> That's scary. That's scary, right? That's scary. It's good, it's good joke. I won't let everybody know that it's on. It's on. It's on. For you can people try. In the back. It's on for Donnie. Donnie, I'll be in Atlanta not too long. <laughs> I'll be scarier than Keith Lee when I get to that bitch. It's on. It's on. It was good. Happy Halloween to everyone. Happy <laughs> Halloween. Rachel, you went to Halloween parties this weekend. I love Halloween. I don't like it. I, I Clearly, I just love to see how people get creative and they dress up. It's a fun time where people can let loose. You can be somebody different. The parties are always good. Mm-hmm. I just love it. I can't wait for tomorrow to have kids come to the door. I'll pass out candy. Pass out candy to the kids. Yeah, maybe I'll be fretting. Maybe you would. Maybe you'll. Maybe somebody else could be scarred like me for life. <laughs> um, Sean Dickerson having a party tomorrow. You coming? Didn't wasn't invited. Yeah, you are. This is, Where this is, is it? Is it at Highlight? It's the Billboard party. Ooh, Tiana Taylor. But you're not going. I'll go. I told Sean I will go. Oh, so you can go to Sean's party, but you couldn't come to Joy's. I have to go to Sean's party. Why? Because Sean asked in a very specific way. It's a big deal for Sean. Sean's my man. Not that Sean needs me to come to his party, but Sean asked me to come. Maybe I'll come. Yeah, come to the party. Why not? I don't have another costume. I've already worn this my third one. What what were you this this Halloween? Who was I? Oh, my gosh. I don't want to see the pictures. Well, I'm going to show you anyway. Donnie can put it up for the people. Who was I? Oh, you were Rihanna. I did see that. So you were Rihanna. Shout out to Riri. You were Rihanna. That's a great pic. It's a great picture. You got, is that a get a real Getty picture? Yeah, they got you yeah, yeah. because you were at Glenn Powell's party. No, I was at Casamigos party. Oh, you went to the Casamigos yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Casamigos, the Casamigos party is a very fun party. Yeah, yeah. That's that's normally the best one. Me and Kalika went years ago. It was a lot of fun, and I like it too because I didn't even know who was there until you know 
I get tagged and stuff later because everyone's in costume, just mm-hmm. having a good time. It's a really fun party. You enjoyed really fun. Yeah. And oh. then I went to Joy's party, which was also really fun too. Brian and I went. I went as an around the way girl. And shockingly, nobody knew who I was. Okay. Which is really disappointing. Because is is that an indictment on the uh, costume itself? I don't think. I was literally wearing a shirt that said around the way girl. But do people know? I had bamboo earrings, extensions in my hair. I had a Fendi bag. Like I wrote Fendi over a bag. I had a lollipop. I had a Bobby Brown new oh, that's, edition that's not going to work. Because like that's too, that's a great costume, but we're out of that era. Not for the people at the party. I felt like it was fine. I even wrote on my pants, Lisa, Angela, Pamela, Renee, or whatever. I can't believe you even know this song, first of all. Why would I not know it? Let's not act like you know the things that are brought up. I know popular songs. Now, if you ask me to like do a, you know, just a random song off LL's album, no, I'm not going to be able to name it. Hmm. Um, But you guys have fun at the party. We had such a good time. It's fun. You guys drank? We drank, but not too much. Did some cocaine! What? No, Van. Nobody did it? Take that part out. No. If why, somebody why did it, take that part out. Is it because like, I don't want to imply that I do cocaine. No, no, no. Here's the deal. That makes me think that you did do it. I didn't do cocaine. So I don't do cocaine. Was, first, first of all, Rachel, hold on. It's okay I, if you like to get zooted on the weekends. On a It's a Saturday. You didn't have work the next day. <laughs> you know, it's Halloween. Oh, so that's the perfect time. Yeah, you tell you know, me how they do it. You tell me it's Saturday. It's like you, if you want to get a little toot and common. Toot, toot. I mean, I I mean, I was I was drunk on Friday. Wow, Rachel, I just want to let you know. I Saturdays are way more chill. Are stammering, stuttering, asking for things to be taken out of the podcast, and this is when cocaine is brought up. I'm letting you know right now. If I was watching this as a body language expert, I would think that you bump, bump, bump it up. It makes me uncomfortable when you say like, cocaine. It really does. Why? People take bump, bump, people also bump, think bump that I'm a, people also think that I'm a drunk because of things you say. They also think that my marriage wait, is, wait, 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 that, wait. I, that Brian and I are divorced because of things you say. People it think makes that you're a drunk because of things that I say? Yeah, you'll be like, oh, Rachel's drinking again. Oh, Rachel, you gotta cut out that drinking. This is, this is so Donnie, unfair. help me out. Donnie, you and think So that when you start I, saying stuff like that, it makes my, me uncomfortable. You think it, it's, People think that Rachel's a drunk because of things that I say? I feel like this is Van trying to get some payback for Freddy Krueger right now. That's This is the method. But I'm also going <laughs> to sit this well, one out. We can play that. We can play that. There won't be a podcast. <laughs> we can play that. No, I'm telling you guys right now, I, I'm doing it for real. There won't be a podcast. Take it off. You better stop talking about fucking cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, you got to be professional right now. I, like, I, I don't... It, it, it's not funny, man. I'll bring like, my it, friend it, back. I'll bring my friend back. Stop. See? It's crazy. Stop. Um, Look, happy Halloween to everybody. Uh, happy Halloween to all of those who celebrate. Happy Halloween for everyone that is wearing the costumes that they want to wear normally. Yeah. Everyone that's getting happy Halloween. What you do this weekend, other than standing us up for another party? Didn't stand you guys up for another party. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last night, the whole Ringiverse crew went out. We had oh. uh, dinner. Okay, so we went out. We had dinner. Shout out to all of my Ringer, 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 Ringers. Getting ready for your big show. Big show tonight. Uh, the the telegram, the tele, the telegram, telegram, the telegram ballroom tonight downtown. 
Um, gonna be fun. So we did that. Uh, Saturday, I did nothing. Like I worked my ass off all week. Mm-hmm. And so Saturday, I just want to chill and watch football with the Wozily Wabbit. And that's why I hung out with the Wozily Wabbit. It's like, Dad, like, what's going on? Lick, 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 paw, paw, paw. That's it. Hand it. That's, that's Saturday. That's Saturday. Um, but I do have a little FOMO, or I guess from missing the party. So I'll just move right? on. Yeah. Interesting. But when Brian comes, you don't come. And he said that. Whoa. Okay. When Brian comes to the party, you don't come. <laughs> <Just saying>. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, daddy. Um, so uh no, it's true. I didn't know that he was I didn't know that he was You know who's at the party. Who? I told Kalika to go back and tell you because we talk about this in the podcast. Who? Kenny Hamilton. Kenny Hamilton. <laughs> <As always. laughs> so, hey, hey, yo, man, man, you're doing so well. <laughs> You're doing so well, man. Everything that you're doing, I see the stuff that you're doing, man. We got to work on something together, man. Come to Delilah Wednesday night, man. Whatever you want, whatever you need, I'm there. I'm the plug. Everyone is happy around me. It's me, it's Kenny. I laughed when I saw him because I was like, it's everywhere. Like, but you see him, gigantic smile, mm-hmm. best energy. I make a proclamation right now. Kenny Hamilton will make $500 million in this life. He's just too, he's a connector. He's like a, He's like a Clarence Avon of, of our generation. He hasn't even hit his peak yet. He's already done so much. He hasn't even hit his peak yet. I fuck with Kenny Hamilton and the mm-hmm. energy that Kenny Hamilton puts out. All right. Um, sad news. And we're going to start the podcast with it. Um, but we're going to talk about some amazing things as well regarding this guy. Matthew Perry, friend star. He's passed away. He's 54. He was found dead in his Los Angeles home. First reported by TMZ. He had had a long struggle with uh, drug and alcohol use, a long struggle with addiction. Um, but he had turned that to so many things that he had done in his life. Matthew mm-hmm. Perry, Matthew Perry's death was like, it affected me. Uh, he was a very notable star that mm-hmm. I watched growing up, and he was just so absolutely talented. He shined on screen, shined on friends. He went on to... Uh, the Fools Rush In with Sam Hayek, the whole nine yards, the whole 10 yards, later on Studio 16 and Sunset Strip. And he was one of those people that I looked at that was just so unbelievably talented, just so talented. He was so funny. He drove the comedy of that show. And then uh, I thought he would have like a gigantic, huge film career, which he had a great career, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Obviously, his addiction issues and some of the things he went through in his personal life kind of always acted as a, a wedge that stopped him from getting over the hump. So mm-hmm. it was it was sad to see that he was gone so soon. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely shocking. It was one of those things like, wait, what? Is this one of those, you know, where people try to say like something's trending and, you know, it, it's not what it necessarily is. But, you know, sadly, it was true. And I think another reason, in addition to everything else that you were saying, Everybody has like those shows that they grew up on and then the shows that they watch into adulthood that bring them comfort. You know, it's a show that you can like watch on a rainy day and because you the characters make you feel at home or you feel like you know them. And that's what those characters on Friends bring in specifically Matthew Perry as Chandler because he was so funny and he was, I don't know, he just, it's not the word to relate, but it's just there was something that you 
connected to Amon. And so I think that that's another reason why it impacted so many people. But what I didn't know, I knew that he had struggled and he'd been open with it. He wrote a memoir, I believe it was last year, in the, within the last two years, very open about his struggles with addiction. Um, and one thing I did, what I, that I was comforted by is that they did get to have that 20-year mm-hmm. reunion with friends. I think it was 20 years. Whatever it was, yeah. But I'm glad I, I'd seen an interview before where he talked about friends was one of the happiest times of his life. He said when he when they did the chemistry test, when they all met, he knew they had something special. He knew it was going to be one of the happiest times of his life. And it was. Mm-hmm. So to have that reunion where they all came together and just saw the love, not from the people, just people who grew up on them, but to a whole new generation. People were watching friends. And to see that, I'm sure that was a beautiful moment for him. But what I didn't know is all the stuff that he's done off camera, mm-hmm. off screen, to help other people who are going through the same things that he did. And I think as, you know, you talk about him, you have to talk about that because there was that statement that's been going viral around of he how he it. wanted to be remembered. He said, when I die, people will talk about friends, 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 friends. And I'm happy about that. I'm glad about that. But uh, he said, I create the Perry House in Malibu, a sober living facility for men. I also wrote my play. The End of Longing, which is a personal message to the world in an exaggerated form of me being drunk. I have something important to say to people like me and to people who love people like me. And he added wonderful things that happened in my life. I'm incredibly grateful for all of them. That's a ticket for me is helping people on a larger scale or helping uh, one guy and seeing the light turn on. And that's a big deal, right? That's how mm-hmm. he wanted to be remembered. Interesting. You watched, uh, you watched a lot of Friends? Yeah. Interesting. Really? Yeah. Why? I, I've i seen Friends in doses. And I've seen it pop off the screen. Friends, to me, was a jumping off point for all of those people. I've watched them not all. Not Courtney. What do you mean, not Courtney? She was known. She was, because I, I watched the special too. Like when Courtney Cox came in, they, they were like, she was the one who was the most notable. People knew who she was. She had been in things. Yeah. She was in Masters of the Universe. Okay, I don't know that. But she was on... One of those 80s shows was a Family Ties. It was something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she was the girl in a Bruce Springsteen video. Yeah, in the dark. Yeah. Master of the Universe, a He-Man movie. You ever saw that? Mm, but I know who He-Man is. Frank Langella as Skeletor. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man. It's a good movie. Courtney Cox is in it. You should watch that. I'm not, but... I'll it's a good movie. It's just, the moment's passed. The Cosmic Key. They have the Cosmic Key in that movie. They're looking for the cosmic key. Dun, 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 dun. The cosmic key. They have the cosmic key. So, like in the movie, Eternia, you know, it's in battle because Skeletor nobody asked is for you trying- to describe this movie. Facts. <laughs> no, I did. You're going on a tangent. I got it. She was in the movie. Dun, dun, dun. The cosmic key. Anyway, okay. That's fine. Don't, make- Don't I- get it. Okay. But I didn't know who Courtney Cox was, <laughs> even still. But I liked all of those people more in things after Friends. I never really watched. I've probably seen six episodes of Friends. I don't feel really? Like, yeah, I don't feel like black people watch Friends like that. Um, well, there were other shows that were on, right? Living Single, Martin. Martin. Yeah. Um, a lot of black shows, I feel like. Malisha. And Friends didn't really have very many black people on it. No, it was like, it's a running joke. It's actually in the movie, The Blackening. I think that's one of the questions, how many black people were on Friends. Yeah. Like when Aisha Tyler was on, it was a big deal. Let me ask you a question about that. 
there were other shows that had little to no black people on them mm-hmm. that we still watched. Mm-hmm. For example, Saved by the Bell. Okay. Yeah. Watched it. Shout out to Lark Voorhees, Lisa Turtle. Mm-hmm. They threw her in there, but there weren't very many black people on Saved by the Bell. Not at all. You know, you had people of color. You had uh, uh, A.C. Slater, mm-hmm. who I bet you didn't know. His actual name is Sanchez. His dad changed his name when he joined the military. That was something that was... <laughs> I remember when his dad came on the episode. Well, in Saved by the Bell's the college years, Slater had an identity thing. He started to find out who he really it. was in, in college. So he didn't know he was Latino? Didn't know it. And then this girl <laughs> told him... <laughs> wow. This girl... He, Just I'm because the you, last name has changed doesn't mean that you don't know the, you There was a whole episode where Slater was finding himself. And this girl was like, that's, he's like, Slater is not a Chicano name. Like, that's not your real name. And then he talked to his father or whatever, and he found out that his dad But he did know he was Chicano name. then. Not really. He, he asked his dad, the girl is telling him who he is. And Zach goes, I always thought Slater was Italian. He didn't know. And so it was a whole episode. <laughs> Come on, Mark Paul. It was a whole episode around Slater finding out who he was. Friends, for a certain reason, I mean, 90210 had no black people on it. I didn't watch that. I, I watched it. You know, Melrose Place had, I think Vanessa Williams was on there. They, there were some black people that were on the show. But these shows didn't really have black people on them like that. But for some reason, Friends, it really stuck out that there was no black people. Maybe because it happened in the middle of New York City or whatever. It stuck out. It was obvious. It was glaring that this was the biggest show on television and there were no black people on it in a very specific way. I think it was New York. I think it was its popularity, but also because it was on for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And you just really didn't see any black people. And it was like 902. Oh, no, I guess they all were on. Not too long ago for a very long time. And it was... A big deal. But, but maybe show, because it was Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills and you like, didn't expect you know, to see, it's like, where are we going to be? be yeah. Working? Like, hey, like, you know, at the Peach Pit? What the if they had like a, I, was there like a black helper at the Peach I'm Pit? I'm sure there was. Probably was. Good old Sam or something like that. Hey, Sam, come take and my I order. And I think we excused it with the Save by the Bell because Lark was the richest one. Mm. Was she? Yes. Her dad was a doc. She was a spoiled, rich girl. Like, my daddy's going to buy it. Daddy's right. going to get everything. So I was like, oh, she's shitting on all of them. Like, she's the richest one. My dad used to get really interesting about Saved by the Bell and other shows like that. Because? My dad had one thing that he would use to, like, uh, parent. And it, it, you, he used it different times throughout my life. Like, one time I was, like, sitting down and I was reading the Berenstein Bears. I don't know why, but he had a problem with the Berenstein Bears. It was some issue that he had. It's like the Berenstein Bears was down there. He's like, oh, Hey, okay. What you got there? Some bears? A little, little white bear family? I'm like, well, they're not Why, white. Uh, yeah, how did, he, how did he deem them white? He deemed them white. He was <laughs> like, they got any, got any little nigger bears around there? And I was like, no, sir. He's like, all right, boy. You know, not too much of that now. So that was the thing? That was the not thing. Not too much not, of that. Not too much of that now. Then we move on. So I was watching Save by the Bell. Oh, look at this. Okay. All right, what, what's going on with it? She looks, she on drugs? She's saying she's so excited. She, she, she high. She high. They got a little, you watching, they drugs and they fucking kissing each other on the show and all of that. Okay, okay. All right, little show for the teenagers. Hi, right, boy. Not too much of that now. <laughs> Come in, 
Snoop Doggy Dog. Oh, I like him. This is what I like. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Doggy Dog. I like him. That's not, I don't like a lot of them niggas, but Snoop I like. Uh, smoking and though, drinking the gin and juice. That nigga drunk and high. He a menace. He crazy. All right, boy. Not too much of that. Now. <laughs> that's, 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 all he, that's all he said. That's all he said. But he, he would look. But you never had to say that about friends because it was never on like that. I I went to a school where a lot of people yeah. watch Friends. Um, yeah. So this is the thing. It, it was kind of like, well, this everybody's watching it, so I'm going to watch it too. Yeah. This is the thing. It's like you're a Friendser. But here's the thing. But I watched the other shows too. So you watched? I watched Living Single. So name all the characters from Living Single. Maxine, Sinclair, Regine, and Khadija. Okay. So shut up. What about the guys? Fuck. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Obi. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Yeah, but just hating on this man. No, I'm not. Hold on. Now name all the characters from Friends. Who was Matt? Matt Ky- uh, Kyle. Okay, there you go. Keep it gangster, nigga. Yeah, yeah. I should think about it. Come on, I ain't watched it in a minute. Stop quizzing me. I don't like when you quiz me. Keep it gangster, nigga. I don't like when you quiz me. I'm, I, it's not I told about you I watched the show. Take it. No. I watched the show. Hey, and I named all six. It. Wow. And I named all six. Whoa. Take it. And I named all six, so stop. But I will say this, you know, rest in peace to Matthew Perry. Uh, whether or not there were any niggas on the show or not, which there really weren't until later on, Friends was a gigantic, huge, popular show. And it, when you watch Friends, it's undoubtedly funny. Undoubtedly funny to watch. And I think he was the most talented performer from there, so it's it's very sad to see that he's, uh, that he's passed on yeah. at, at such a young age. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Um, I want to talk about something. And look, a couple of headlines out there real quick. Uh, just so you guys know, still... We have uh, an embattled Middle East situation. Um, the Palestinian Health Authority says, or Health Ministry, should I, says, should I say, has uh, says over 8,300 dead, uh, close to 3,000 children, maybe over 3,000 children are dead. As Israel prepares for... The Palestinians. Brown, Orange. What did I say? You just didn't clarify. Oh, Palestinians. Um, 3,000 3, Palestinian children dead. Uh, as a ground offensive is being prepared, by the IDF um, with the explicit uh, goal of eliminating Hamas. Um, they have ordered the uh, Palestinians south. That is going to be arduous and very hard. Netanyahu was very, very direct about the fact that he feels like he's fighting a holy war to exterminate people. That 
uh, are the holy enemies of the Jews. And um, we're assuming that that means Hamas. It wasn't explicitly said that that means Hamas, but that is happening right now. As the world explores the uh, possibility of a ceasefire, that's happening right there. So there are a lot of things happening in the world right now. There's the new Speaker of the House over here. There is a possible end to the uh, United Auto Workers strike. That is a huge, huge deal. But let me tell you something. I want to talk about Keith Lee. What? What a job. Why? Because I think this is a very interesting conversation. I want to talk about Keith Lee. Okay. So were you familiar with Keith Lee? I was not. You weren't. I was not. I had no idea who Keith Lee was. You were? Yeah. Because he's a TikTok star. Mm -hmm. But he's on Instagram as well. And okay. he's an ex-MMA fighter. I think it's a... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think he... I think it's a really interesting story. Ex-MMA fighter turned... Food, food critic? Critic slash blogger. And he's made this entire life for himself doing his thing. He is very nourishing about the way that he criticizes food. He's very... Uh, he does it in the best possible way. You know, he goes to a place, I got it, let's try it, rate it one through 10. It's cool, it's good. And he's pretty popular for it. What do you think about that? What do you think about the idea of someone making an entire platform based upon their opinions of something um, when they don't necessarily come from that world? Well, I mean, we have an opinion platform. Yeah, but I've got 10 years pop culture experience at TMZ. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm just to let you know, I'm qualified to do this, man. I've been in the trenches with this. I'm you know? 10 years pop culture. But I'm not saying Keith Lee isn't qualified. I'm just saying that, like, he, because I definitely think that anybody with taste buds can talk about how they feel about food. Well, yeah. So, I mean, the fact that he's talking about food, he's, I don't know enough about him. I can only speak to the specific incident, again, proving my knowledge of pop culture. But I... I don't have a problem with someone who loves food, enjoys food, appreciates the way that it's made, appreciates how it's rolled out, has an interest in visiting restaurants, trying different cuisine. I have no problem with that person then creating a platform where they educate or expose or enjoy food. Yeah. I've, what's the problem with that? He clearly is knowledgeable. That's why he's built such a following. And he's very entertaining. So Keith Lee who is a renowned food critic on TikTok. He went to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And the whole fucking black internet was discussing Keith Lee's reactions to some of the restaurants that he visited in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. There's one specific place that's called The Real Milk and Honey. I've never been there, but Keith Lee went there and he talked about the service that he experienced, him and his family. And this is what Keith Lee had to say about the real milk, milk and honey. Donnie, run the, run the audio. We are at the real milk and honey on Main Street and College Park. Before we came, we attempted to call our order in. We were greeted with an automatic message that said they do not take call-in orders. The automatic message said the only way you can do pickup is through DoorDash. We went through DoorDash, they was closed. But online, it said they closed at 5 o'clock. We went on DoorDash at 4 o'clock. But we were already here, so we just went inside. 
I stayed in the car and my family went in and they told them they were closed early for deep cleaning. Yet the door is wide open and it's people still going in and grabbing orders. Now we have no idea if those people ordered beforehand or what the case is. Also, the people who relayed this message, my family said were really nice. It's just the rules. And so far being in Atlanta, I found some places do have unique rules and this is the one of them. I want to be very clear. We're not blaming one person or saying one person was rude in plain terms. Don't call this restaurant trying to get nobody fired. Ain't nobody do nothing. This is just the rules they had. If you don't like their rules, the rules not for you. And for me and my family, the rules just went for us. We just not their target audience. For the record, afterwards, I did walk in and they did recognize and they attended the services, but I respectfully declined. I'm a normal person. I pay for my food like everybody else. I walk in spots like everybody else. We are all normal people. Respectfully, if you're not going to do it then, don't do it now. God bless you. Yeah, we're just trying to get some food. But I am going to make this very clear. I do not support, condone, or agree tearing down these businesses. Okay. It's not the only place. Donnie. But he just did. He didn't tear. Okay, let's talk about it. So, Donnie. Yeah. Uh, He also visited Old Lady Gang, which is Candy Burr's restaurant. Oh, I've restaurant. been there. You like it? I enjoyed it. Why you keep? Why you not keeping the room? <laughs> Donnie, play the old lady gang clip. Yesterday, me and my family were at the One Music Festival. Somebody who works with Candy Birds walked up to us and said they've been trying to reach us since we got to Atlanta. He said he'd been constantly emailing me and constantly DMing me for me to come to Old Lady Gang. I got it. Let's try it at rating 1 through 10. As you can see, I don't have any bags in my hands. Me and my family showed up and we attempted the order before we got here. We called the number they had connected on Yelp three times. No answer. We tried to order through DoorDash and it said it was temporarily closed. So when we pulled up, I sent my family in to order for us. They said on the weekends, due to being busy, they don't do any takeout at all. Thank you to go order. Oh, okay, so send in dining. Yes. Okay, thank you, sweetie. We appreciate you. Which is completely understandable. So what we decided to do is my family's going to go eat. They're just going to come bring the food out while I'm sitting in the car so they have no idea I'm here. My family asked how long the wait was to be seated. They said an hour to an hour and a half. Yes, hour and a half. Okay. She also said they didn't have any reservations available. So they didn't take out any number, any contact information, nothing. My family then came and relayed that message to me, and I decided to go in myself. We walked in, and we were greeted by a nice young lady. And then I met some amazing people who were eating there, and we took some pictures. God is amazing. As soon as me and my wife were done taking pictures, the lady said the table was ready. As always, I don't want any special treatment. I want to be treated like everybody else. I pay for my food like everybody else. I'm a normal person. I'm a normal customer. Things like this is exactly why I do reviews the way I do. Just because I have a certain amount of followers on social media don't make me different from nobody. My mom, my mom-in-law, my sister, they all paying customers just like me. So I want them to be treated just like me. So I asked how long the wait time has been today. She said an hour to an hour and a half. So which I then asked, how are you able to sit me in five minutes? This is her response. How long are we looking for as far as wait time? I'm just going to sit up Again, my family just attempted to eat there less than two minutes ago. I didn't tell her. I changed my mind. We're going to go eat somewhere else. And I said, God bless you. And I walked out. On second thought, it's okay. We're going to go eat somewhere else. I appreciate it, though. For sure. A lot of debate. Number one, he's talking about some of the very unique rules that places in Atlanta have. We should also say that he interviewed, that he uh, reviewed a place called Juicy Jerk, which I am definitely going to when I'm in Atlanta now because the food looked so good at this particular place. Another place called the Atlanta Breakfast Club and Little Baby's Place, the seafood menu. He talked about the fact that he thought that there was some preferential treatment for some of the uh, people there. He talked about the fact that his, his family tried to go in there and get tables at these places, couldn't get them. Then they saw him, they recognized them, whatever. Uh, also, the weird to-go stuff. All of this. And a lot of people have been saying that this is something that's indicative of a larger problem with service in Atlanta and mm. the way some of these restaurants treat people. I even saw a TikTok about the clubification of Atlanta restaurants and different service establishments and how 
this means that a lot of these places are treated more like turn-up spots than actual restaurants, mm -hmm. and that that has changed the relationship they, they have with the people who patronize them. What do you think about this whole Keith Lee thing? I people mean, have been just arguing back and forth about all kinds of things about it. Which is interesting. I'm surprised that so many people are, you know, like really ever having this back and forth about it or really that into it. I never lived in Atlanta. I've been several times. My sister lives there. Uh -huh. And I've not had a bad experience at an Atlanta restaurant, nor did I feel like it was clubification or it was a turn up spot. Like I've enjoyed most of the places that I've been to. I can't remember them all. I may have, I don't think I went to the real milk and honey, but something about that sound, seems so familiar. I know my mm -hmm. sister took me to one spot. Could have been it. Um, but I've definitely been an old lady gang. I wasn't a big fan of the food, but I didn't have a problem with the service. I think we waited for our food a long time. Uh -huh. I not to get in the restaurant or be seated, but I just remember waiting a long time to get the food. Uh -huh. It was kind of cold when it came out. It was cold when it came yeah, out. It was a little cold when it came out. I do remember that. Yeah. Anyways, my issue with specifically this, his review of The Real Milk and Honey, one, he talks about trying to get it on DoorDash. I am a frequent user of like Postmates and DoorDash. Are you? Yes. Typically, they do shut to stop taking orders earlier than when the restaurant shuts down. But he says he ordered his food at 4 o'clock. And the restaurant closed at 5. Yeah. That is not uncommon. An hour before, like restaurants have different rules. I've seen 30 minutes. I've seen 15 minutes before. I've seen an hour. So that one, I was just like, okay, that just depends on the restaurant. It, that wasn't abnormal to me. But then when he started talking about like his experience and then comes back and is like, but you know, I, I'm not trying to like talk bad about the restaurant, you know, like go and have your own experience. I'm like, but you did. To me, he gave it was his experience. He gave a negative review, but then to come back and say, like, I don't condone that. I'm not telling you to talk negative about or have a negative opinion. Go experience for yourself. But once I hear that review, why would I go experience it for myself? It is negative. So I do understand. I don't know what people were saying back and forth, but I'm like, oh, you're kind of talking out both sides of your mouth right now because you're telling us not to do one thing, but then you're doing it. What do you mean? You're telling us that you don't have, don't treat this restaurant a certain way. Don't, you know, like I'm not, basically I'm not shitting on this restaurant, but you are. He's not. Okay. I don't see it that way. Okay. So this is the way I see it. He's a food critic. So but he, he didn't talk about food. Because he, he couldn't get any. Well, he could. He said that they then offered him the food experience because they recognized who he was. No, the milk and honey people. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, no, I think that was old lady game when he said this about the milk and honey people. He never showed himself to be... Oh, I thought... Donnie, will you correct... I, right. Will you so check that? The, the milk and honey people, he never went in and was like, I'm Keith Lee. He never did that. He only did that at Old Lady Gang because he... he, he uh, It was the second time that it had happened to him, right? So at Milk and Honey, he sent his people in to get it. They said they didn't have any food or they weren't doing it because they were deep cleaning. And so he didn't get any. With Milk and Honey, he goes, okay, well, now they say they don't have any tables. They're going to have to wait for an hour, so I'm going to go in. And when he went in, they had a table ready for him in five minutes. So he did that the second time. It, hold on. It actually was both. Uh, I think Milk and Honey did a similar thing. Um, he says... Play it again. 
Okay, hold on. And for me and my family, the rules just went for us. We just not their target audience. For the record, afterwards, I did walk in and they did recognize me and they attended the services, but I respectfully declined. I'm a normal person. I pay for my food like everybody else. I walk in spots like everybody else. We are all normal people. Respectfully, if you're not going to do it then, don't do it now. Okay, so I stand corrected there. But my point is this, though. What? He's not bashing the restaurant. Why did he say he wasn't their target audience? But my thing because he's not their target audience because their rules, like, exclude him from being able to go in there and eat. But it's not him. Those are everybody's rules. I get it. So, so they're not targeting you. Right. So what I'm saying is if if a restaurant says you can't wear a black shirt to come inside this restaurant mm -hmm. and you like to wear a black shirt, well, that restaurant's not for you. So you're not the target audience. But everybody, that rule applies to everybody. They stop serving at four. Right. Or they stop taking orders. So it's not a target. That's just the general rule, period. I, I know, but there are still people that don't follow into those rules. Like if you don't want to wear a suit to go to a restaurant, there's certain restaurants that are for people who like to wear suits. Like you have to wear a jacket to get into this restaurant, right? So if you don't like to wear jackets when you eat, then that restaurant isn't for you. So like, if you don't like the restaurant closest to four, that restaurant's not for you? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. If you okay. don't like the, the restaurant closes at four, you don't like the restaurant closes at five, or if you don't like the restaurant that does to go and you only want to do to go, or if the restaurant is a seafood restaurant and it's seafood restaurant for everyone and you have a sh shellfish allergy, that restaurant isn't for you. There's a difference, but... There's not. Okay. So, so my thing is this. I don't get why we're being so precious about it. Like, like uh, 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 people will be precious. It's like, he goes there. It was all of this stuff. He couldn't get his food saying, hey, this experience didn't work out for me, but that doesn't give you guys a right to go be assholes to these people. I think it's actually very noble. So here's my thing. If you didn't get the food because the restaurant was closed, mm -hmm. why are you making a whole video on it? Because he's he makes the video on not, food no, or the experience, right? No, no, the experience. No. He makes the video on food and the experience. When he goes and talks to these rest, talks to these people in the Juicy Jerk restaurant, when he talked about it, he talked about the fact that the woman's father or the the proprietor's father had just passed away, and what it must be like for this person to still deliver amazing food uh, when they're going through so much grief. I watched a Keith Lee video from some time ago where he was riding home on his bike and he uh, passed by a guy on a food truck that had a food truck and the dude uh, wasn't getting very much business. Things had been slow. So he made a, a whole entire video, not just about the actual food that he ate from this guy's food truck, the burger that he ate and the fries that he ate, but about the actual place itself and what the guy was going through. That's beautiful. And part of like making any food critic, right? Any food critic that goes to any restaurant, it's going to be about the food and it's going to be about the service. So so you gave beautiful examples. That's all beautiful. But in this particular situation, the rules of the restaurant, they stop serving food at four. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that when, even though like, I went to a restaurant the other day and it was like, hey, well, we no, they stopped, stopped serving to go at four. That's okay. They stopped serving to go at four. And then they went, so so just just so everybody knows, they said that they stopped serving to go, right? Which is what he tried originally. He tried originally. So the, he tried, no, no. They stopped serving DoorDash at four. Okay. Uh, they said they stopped, they said they closed at five. They called at four for the DoorDash. 
couldn't get the door dashed. Okay. So they went, okay, we're going into the place. When they, go in, when they went into the place, the restaurant said, we have stopped serving food because we're doing a deep cleaning. Okay. And then there were, he said, but there were other people in there that were getting food, right? They were doing a deep cleaning. There were other people already seated. Right. Well, getting whatever. They were yeah. eating. So they were not, we're not seating anybody else because we're doing a deep cleaning. So they go, okay, they leave. Then he says later on, uh, something that I was wrong about, that he goes in there as Keith Lee. And he, then they say, okay, we'll take care of it. Yeah, because they probably wanted him to try his food. Okay, listen, everybody, know, they make, they made a, they made a, they made an exception for somebody with a platform, right? Who they wanted to critique their food. Happens all the time. Here's my thing. Restaurants have different rules. I went to a restaurant the other day. It said it closed at 4, thir- 4 no, 2.30, and it opened again at 5. So we were late coming in. We said, what time do you stop? You know, we're seeing your restaurant say it's 2.30. Our reservation is before that, but we're running late. They said, well, we stopped taking orders at this time. So as long as you're here to take your order at this time, you can still stay in the restaurant, but you have to be out by this time because we're cleaning it for the evening thing. We had to call to get that. Those rules weren't on the website. Fine. So when I see this, it's like, okay, they shut down after a certain time taking DoorDash orders. You come to the restaurant, they're not serving any more food. People are in there, already have ordered their food, already sitting down, but we're not taking new people in because we're doing a cleaning. To me, this is all very normal. So I guess I just don't understand what the point is in making this video and then saying, it'd be one thing if he made the video and like, he just made the video. But then he's like, oh, and by the way, this isn't anything to talk bad about the video. Like, what's the point of making the video then? To me, I just, I, I'm sorry. I just see it in a totally different way. That baffles you me. Ab- you absolutely knew people would have a negative reaction to this video. But, uh, you it, did. So it has nothing to do with those experience with the food truck. It's a totally different thing. Well, no, what I'm saying is he goes in and he, that's what he does. He goes in and gives his experience at the restaurant. So these are, so these are some of the rules at the Milk and Honey. Uh, these are our house rules. Uh, num- rule number one, we guarantee great food. Everything else is left to chance. We try our hardest, though. We really do. That's the first rule. Uh, two, so they're saying right now that we don't promise you great service. We promise you great food. All right, so number two, we do not provide individual checks. However, we will a- a- allow up to three different forms of payment. 18% gratuity added to parties of five or more or checks o- larger than $75. No modification of any kind to the menu. If you have a food allergy, please choose another item without the allergy. Number five is be nice. Number six, no reservations, unless you're Barack Obama. Hey, there are exceptions to every rule. No table hibernation, 90 minutes max. Other people have to eat too. Um, if we prepare your selected item for menu specifications, we will not remove the item from your bill. Our entrees are not samples. Thanks, they've been burnt before. Number nine, no parties larger than four on days that end in Y. So number nine says no parties larger than four, yet number three says 18% gratuity added to parties larger than five. Uh, we're a small place, um, and when we get busy, ha- large groups are hard to accommodate. We do not push tables together. Number 10, we have no waiting area inside. Keep in mind, if you're on the wait list, you can receive a text uh, when your table is ready. Naps in your car are fine. And then the last one, remember, this is supposed to be fun. Look, I've never been to the real milk and honey. Um, I hope that all black businesses succeed and do well. I've gone to Atlanta recently. I go to Atlanta four or five times a year for 
different things would work. I do a lot of work with Revolt out. I'm going, I'll be in Atlanta November 17th, RideCon. I'll be in, I'll be in Atlanta. RideCon. Um, I am constantly shocked at the level of service that I get in Atlanta, not just at restaurants, at hotels, Interesting. at places. It's been so it different is, for me. It is baffling to me hmm. how you can walk up to, a, to somebody when you're trying to check into a hotel and have them just like say something to you and then just walk away. Like, and this is not just black owned, you're just saying in general. No, I mean, to be honest with you, at some of the hotels that I've said that in the past, um, I don't want to make this a black thing, but at some hotels I've said that they're not going to do that to you at the Four Seasons, right? They're not going to do that to you. Um, but like, I've, we literally, and if Nick was here, he could tell you, like we literally went to a place and we're trying to check in. We've just been on a long ass flight. We get there and we're with the people that are bringing us out for this event. And there's a young sister at the hotel, and she just doesn't give a fuck whether or not oh, we I think get the room. Told the story, yeah. Like we just, she just doesn't fucking care. And like I go places, and I always, always, we go through so much in this country. You never know what somebody just went through. Sure. So you never know if somebody couldn't get childcare, if they <laughs> worked, if they took an extra shift. Because so whenever somebody is particularly black, whenever somebody black is rude or short or curt with me, I give back nothing but love. You just never know. But I'm going to be real with you. When I'm in Atlanta, that happens a lot. It happens a lot when I'm in Atlanta. The best service I've gotten to in a place in Atlanta is T.I.'s Trap City Cafe. You go in there, everybody is super nice. Everybody's having a great time. It's the whole nine. You go there and it's fucking great. The food's great. The ambiance is great. Everything is great. But I mean... There are mad people from outside of the city and inside of the city that are happy that he's talking about it. I think the best way you can do is talk about something honestly, but with love. Because if the truth is that there's bad customer service that's going on in a place, or if there's bad customer service that go going on in a specific place, the best thing you can say is, hey, this place did not treat me well, but I don't want this to be the end of them or whatever. You would just essentially want them to do better. So was he supposed to either lie or pay the rosy picture? Like, how do you win? I just think that the setup, I literally have had a similar experience. I think the setup, what, what happened to me wasn't that big of a deal. It happens. If he had come at 12 o'clock and had that same experience, it's a problem. But what, when it's but like... He went to another restaurant as well and it also happened to him there. But, okay, maybe it's... Yeah, maybe it did. I... I every, this is why things are subjective, right? Like, the way you're talking about this is a very subjective experience because I have not had bad experiences in Atlanta. Other than me talking about at one restaurant I waited and, like, the food was kind of cold. I've been in Atlanta a lot, too, and I haven't had those experiences. So. You know, I, I'm listening to what Keith Lee said in this particular situation. I'm like, I don't so, think it's that big of a deal. Okay, so go to what he felt about the Atlanta, the Atlanta Breakfast Club. Because he got his food at the Atlanta Breakfast Club. So um, run that one real quick, Donnie. Fresh off the plane at ATL, the first place we went to is Atlanta Breakfast Club. I got it. Let's try it and rate it one to ten. We spent $144.60. But granted, we got food for five adults and two kids. The customer service was interesting. While the people were nice, the rules they had set were very unique to me. 
We initially tried to do takeout, but when we came in, they said we couldn't sit down and there was no space at the bar for us to stay in. So we had to stand outside and order our food. And then we decided we just gonna dine in. But two people in our party stepped out for a second. Cause again, we fresh off the plane. So everybody was trying to get situated. The waitress, again, she was nice, but she told us she couldn't take any orders or she couldn't do anything until everybody sat down. No water, no coffee, no drink orders, no nothing. She also said they can only do one order and there's no add-ons. Like if you want to add on afterwards, it's a wrap. One order for the whole table. She wouldn't even explain the menu to us. But again, she was very nice. I just understand that those are their rules. Unique to me, but it is what it is. I'm going to show you everything I got, and we're going to try it. Everybody wants to see him. All right, so cut it right there. So here's the deal. He's going to other places around the country, and he's not experiencing this. That didn't sound like an L.A. experience to you? No. L.A., most restaurants won't sit you down till your whole party gets there. They will make you wait. So they won't, so they set him down. But even they won't you, even sit you down. So they'll tell you to go to the bar or wait. That's fine. But, 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 so that's good. But if they do seat you, some restaurants will. And if they do seat you, you at least can get some water. If they do seat you, yes. Yeah. But most LA restaurants will be like, is your whole party here? Okay, well, then we can't. And they will make you wait 20, 30, and sometimes cancel your reservation if your party isn't there. That I had never experienced that until I came to LA. It's because so, you're always late for everything. Well, so whatever the reason is, <laughs> my point is, is I'm, again, I'm listening to him talk about his experience. Does that suck? Absolutely. I hate that here in LA. Yeah. It, I hate that rule, but it's a rule. Right. And it exists outside of Atlanta. Okay. So this is, this is my thing. Number one, I think you can, you can definitely critique something in a, a, a nourishing and positive way. But I will say this. I'm going to be real with you, man. I think Atlanta's having a rough couple of moments here. Yeah, you don't like Atlanta. It's not that I don't like Atlanta. It's that I do think that, like, when you look at this, I'm just talking about Atlanta as a whole. And shout out to Killer Mike and shout out to Isaac Hayes, who have told us about, and no place is a perfect place, who have told us about, like, um, you know, how amazing Atlanta is as a, a haven and a hub for black art, and black entertainment and black exceptionalism. And it is. It mm -hmm. is a hub for all of that. But like when I think about what happened with uh, the gathering spot earlier this year that we talked about, when I think about what happened with that, when I think about some of the things that are going on in Atlanta politically, when I think about some of the service issues that people have in Atlanta, like I'm not from there. I don't have no deep cultural ties to there. I'm from a black city, 55% black, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where black people don't have an iota or a scintilla of the cultural or political gravitas that the black people in Atlanta have. And I'm thankful that that exists. And I'm thankful that that's a thing, right? Even in some of the responses from these restaurants to Keith Lee, I want to call on my brothers and sisters in Atlanta to make sure that Atlanta is a place that celebrates Black exceptionalism and not a place that, that celebrates Black elitism. That Atlanta is a place that, separate, that, that celebrates the whole group of everyone and it doesn't like morph into a place where we just treat each other any kind of way where we just do each other any kind of way because the difference in a city with that many Black people succeeding is the haves and the have-nots. Now, we know that there is 
crazy income inequality in Atlanta, but there's crazy income inequality in the black community that, that we don't talk about, right? That we don't talk about. And some of this stuff to me is a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of service industry um, owners that are just treating people any way that they can because they want to. Some of this stuff is laziness. Some of this stuff is an inability to put the customer first because the customer might not be somebody that pulls up to your shop in a Maybach or something like that. Because when they saw that it was Keith Lee and that he was a big deal, it's like, oh my God, let's make sure we roll out the red carpet. That happens everywhere. But if this wasn't somebody, if this was somebody that was just coming in to get something to eat, then it's different. My thing is, if we're going to talk about how amazing a place is for Black people, then we have to set a standard about the way Black people treat Black people. And you only treat Black people as good as you treat Black person. So it can't be about whether or not he got a million followers on TikTok. It got to be about the Black person that worked all week long and is coming to one of these spots to turn up and, and, and have a good time on a Saturday morning and how you treat them. And if, if not, then it's just like anywhere else in America. But if it's really going to be this place yeah. where we're supposed to be like, is this black cultural movement and it's for us, then you just can't treat us like anything. Uh, listen, I hear everything that you're saying and I think that you're taking the Keith Lee videos to fit a narrative of how you've been feeling about Atlanta as you just brought up other examples. I don't think, like, again, I cannot stress this enough. I do not think that he experienced outrageous things compared to what I've either seen in, based on other restaurant rules outside of L.A. I understand what you're saying about what's happening in Atlanta in general, but I think that you're trying to make the Keith Lee situation fit a narrative. I think it's a symptom. Fit a narrative of a bigger thing. I don't see that particularly with these two examples. That's just me. Well, but I can't speak to... Again, I have... My only connection to Atlanta is that both my sisters live there. I have not... I've gone, I have not had the experiences that you have. I would speak like lovingly about Atlanta. I love going to Atlanta because I love I seeing- I like Atlanta, it's fine. I love seeing so many of us in so many spaces. So I I just don't have the same experiences as you. Yeah. I, don't, I don't talk to people who have had those experiences in Atlanta, even though my little sister doesn't really care for Atlanta. So be, she might be somebody who I'll be come honest, on you know, here to, to talk about it. We'll move on. But a lot of the talk that was coming from people mm -hmm. that live there and frequent these spots is that it's about time that somebody actually called them out. Even Isaac Hayes, who is the biggest... The third. The third. Who is the biggest Atlanta propagandist here. Atlanta got two heavyweight propagandists. Two guys that I know and love, Killer Mike and Isaac Hayes. These are the van buy place people. These are the van come back home people. And I'm eventually going to move back to the South. But when I move back to the South, it's going to be back to Louisiana. Just for anybody that was asking. Um, but even, even Isaac Hayes was like, he's holding these people here accountable you, for the way that they sometimes do and treat people. Do you think it has changed because Atlanta is like the new place for Hollywood. Do you think that any of this has changed because... I think you know, it's changed because there are 
there are a ton of transplants there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like right. so many studio, like so many um, productions are coming there. You know, there's studios there. It's like people are moving there. They're filming game shows, TV shows. So much is coming to Atlanta. Do you think that this is changing the culture? Of well, it? I don't, I wouldn't really be able to speak that deeply about it. We could have somebody on there and talk about it. It's not, I guess it's not that big a deal, but I just think people getting money. And when people start to get money, some of those cultural connections, they fray sometimes. And now it's not about, okay, well, how should I treat this individual person or how should I treat this community or whatever? Is what's the best way for me to make a shit ton of dollars, which there's nothing wrong with that. And it don't matter how somebody feel about the way they come in. And that's fine. That's cool. Everybody could do that. You could get that anywhere, right? I, if I want to be treated like another uh, dollar, I could go to Mr. Chow or someplace like that and do that. But if it's about patronizing businesses, Mr. Chow sucks. But if it's about patronizing businesses and all that type of stuff, whatever. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage... All the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Biden, primary time. Woo! Uh, Dean Phillips has announced that he's a primary challenger to Joe Biden, 54-year-old Minnesota congressman who has no chance to win. Um, <laughs> after months of... Uh, calling for a Democratic primary challenge to President Joe Biden and drawing no public interest from governors, lawmakers, and other would-be alternatives, has said that now he is going to primary the president. Wow. He's very unlikely to beat Biden. It's never going to happen. But I think what he's trying to do is be a political activist here and give some credence or validity to the notion that someone should primary President Biden. So, like, I get it. Yeah. Not the first person to do it. There are still other people in the Democratic primary that are challenging uh, Joe Biden as well. I get your point. But also, what's the point? <laughs> like, it To me, you did it on the last day that you could throw your, net, your hat in the ring for this. I understand that maybe you have issues with Biden. But doing it in this way, to me, is in no benefit to the party at all. And I feel like if the if the point of it is for you to say that there should be somebody challenging or we need to change the way that we do things, mm-hmm. this to me is not the way to do it. It's a distraction. It's but it won't but it won't land anywhere. You're not going to beat Joe Biden. And if you did, you're definitely not beating Trump. So to me, the timing is off. I understand the sentiment behind it, but the timing is off here that you either should have done it earlier, which he has. He's talked earlier. He's been talking about for a while. He removed himself from the office, um, from the position that he held um, in Congress because it was seen, there was always this rumor that he was going to do this. However, either do it earlier or do it later after Joe Biden. 
and bring attention to this. But now to me, it's just like, for what? It's not yeah. going to do anything other than us talking about it now and it being in the news cycle for, you know, the rest of this week, right? Because he did this, what, Friday or something like that. But it's like, it's not going to do anything. I was agnostic on whether or not, um, I'm not agnostic. I was noncommittal on primary Joe Biden, not primary Joe Biden until the Israel-Hamas war. Now, I think uh, Joe Biden needs to be primary. doesn't matter who is, I, I get you, and I feel that. I do. But okay, Joe Biden's primary because we don't like the way that he's handling. It's not about the way he's handling it. Okay, what is it for you? It's 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 about his complete inability to rise to the level of the moment. In this moment, you need a clear-headed, direct, hyper intellectually articulate president to directly communicate the feelings, fears, thoughts, and concerns of the American people and American government. Joe Biden is making mistake after mistake in what he's doing. He is, his inability to communicate and meet the moment here when the country is so fractured and so frayed and pulled apart by this issue, is glaring. He says things that he then has to walk back. He is unable to show any sure, sort of strength or gravitas or control or expertise of the issue itself. Mm. Um, Joe Biden has said, you know, he goes, hey, I saw pictures of beheaded Other than children. that, I don't know anything else he's done. Well, he said that he didn't trust the numbers of dead coming from the Palestinian yeah. health ministry. I think that fits right into but, but, but his the, stance. But the question is, why on earth would you say something like that? Because when... Uh, but, but it, okay, even if, even if that is such a ridiculously irresponsible thing to say, and it, and it doesn't make anything better. And it's something that like he's now both behind the scenes and in front of the cameras was like having to walk back infuriated so many Muslim Americans, right? Of course. Like it's it's not necessarily whether or not the United States is engaged in an active ally. Obviously we know, right, who our, who our allies in that region are. And there are lots of reasons why that exists. The president here has to do two jobs. Number one, he has to manage the foreign policy and be front-facing in terms of America's geopolitical responsibility in the region. And that means urging restraint from Israel while doubling down on Israel's right to defend itself. It's a line that you have to walk that is very specific. But at the same time, inflaming things back here by just saying shit, He's the wrong guy right now for this particular time, in my opinion. Whoever is representing the United States as the president, whether it's Joe Biden or somebody else, is going to do, do and say everything that supports Israel. Because that is who the United States 
is an ally. Right. So when I hear you say, and I understand what should be be happening, but when I hear you say that he's not being a strong leader, not a clear having, leader, he is. No, he is so clear, and everything he is clearly saying aligns and supports, like wholeheartedly. Everything Israel is doing. Okay, so then in that in, in that case, that's even more of a reason to primary. Okay, but, so, I, but, but, but I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Because, I'm just because saying I think some of the things that he's saying very clear. I think some of the things that he's saying are irresponsible, and I think some of the things that he's saying, I know that some of the things that he's saying, even people entrenched in his camp, and even people who are staunch advocates and allies of Israel, believe that this isn't helping anyone. Correct. Which we have seen him say, oh, we should do, you know, like it should be about humanity. And we talked about that on this podcast. Every, the whole, the whole way that people were talking about it changed 10 days after when everyone, whether it was social media, here our media here started saying humanity, the children, nobody, they weren't saying that before. I was watching people, um, you know, build up Biden and saying like, wow, he's this powerful leader and the way that he is taking a stance and standing behind Israel and condemning it. I, the only thing that I'm saying against what, what you said is that Biden has been very clear about whether you agree with him or not. You can't deny what he stands for and what he is saying the United States is standing behind. Okay. So but, but I, I get that. Do you, we, it's not about whether or not the head of state for the United in, in, in the White House is going to be pro-Israel or not. It's not about that. It's about more than that. And it's the other part of it that I feel like he's missing. There's a way that this has to be navigated, right? There's a way that this has to be done. I agree with you. And so and he's incapable of it. I'm sorry. He doesn't have... It wouldn't either, matter who was there. I, don't, I disagree. I think that if Obama was there, it would be incredibly different. I think it would be different in myriad ways. I'm not talking about Obama. I'm talking about our choices that we have, right? Like, I'm not going backwards to Obama. Right. right? What I'm telling you is, what I'm telling you is, at this particular point, this issue has directly, directly put into question my faith in Joe Biden's ability to effectively lead America. Because I personally think that this is a, a flashpoint moment and a really specific time. Now, this is what I'll say. Look, guys, just to be honest with you, let you guys know, if Joe Biden runs for president, I'm going to vote for him. Because right now, uh, if Donald Trump were elected, I think that there would be U.S. troops on the ground in Gaza. But um, it, there's not much choice there Correct. For, for, for so many other things. However, I'm not asking if there's a better choice between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I'm not asking that question. What I'm asking is, is there a better choice inside the Democratic Party? And I think that there, that is a fair question to ask, particularly for me now. Um, something else I'll say. There's a reason why Joe Biden and anybody else wasn't calling for or, or had a specific reaction to what happened on October 7th. There's a reason why it's different now than it was then. You guys, what happened on October 7th was a vicious, vicious, tragic, brutal terrorist attack. Now, we can talk about all we want about the uh, 
the uh, the political realities that surrounded that terrorist attack. And those are real. And I think that you have to talk about them. You absolutely do. You, you can talk about all of the humanitarian issues that have existed in the region for a long time. You, you, you have to discuss that. If you're talking, to, if your goal is to discuss peace in that region and freedom and humanity in that region, then you have to have that conversation. If the goal is to just say, we have to obliterate the enemies of Israel, then you don't have to talk about that. But I think most people here stateside or a lot of people here stateside want answers to everything that's happening, which is why they have that discussion. But you couldn't have that discussion on October 8th. Of course. You couldn't have that discussion on October 9th, 10th, or 11th. But you can have that discussion after 3,000 dead kids, after 500 dead kids, after 1,000 dead kids, after how many ever dead kids. And if if you are the leader of the free world, you have got to some way find a way to have the discussion about when this is over. Like, and that means discussing hostage release, right? And relief for the families in Israel right now who still have loved ones that haven't come home. That means discussing what military victory looks like for Israel. But but just like 15, 20,000, 30,000 people are going to die. There has to be some, we have to have a leader that is in some way is able to contextualize this for the American people and meet the moment. And he can't do it. I don't think anybody would. And okay. I and 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 I'm talking about like our choices. I'm talking about, you know, it, it, I agree with you what should be happening. And yeah. I understand exactly what you're saying. But I think you're also asking because of the way the United States has aligned itself with Israel, you're almost asking for the impossible. Of course it should be happening. But even the way that you see that people react to the way you talk about it in a conversation amongst friends on social media, how polarizing it is to expect it the should have president it. It of the should, United States. But it's so politically. I, I Listen, I'm not arguing against you on what should happen. What I'm saying is because politics are so infused in this, you're expecting something from someone who's a politician who's not going to do that. It's like we we expect these we we want these things from our politicians. But time and time again, our politicians have shown us that they're not, they're not capable of that because they're politicizing things. And what's happening right now in Israel is being politicized and it. Biden's acting like a politician. And he, Should he be? Absolutely not. We should have somebody who's speaking to it in a completely different way. I agree with you. But I think that expecting, you can criticize Biden for it, but to expect somebody else, if they were sitting in that role, would be any different, I think is almost asking for the impossible. That's just how I see it. Okay. Well, agree with this. But you're I right. Just, I, I just, I, I think that there's I think that some of the limitations that he has are are being put on front street by what's going on. But I, I feel what you're saying. All right. Uh, have you been watching? Do you ever watch Casanet? Now, you know, I, I see clips. Now, you know, <laughs> but I do know who he is. Right. I watch clips, but you know I'm not watching him live stream stuff. So this is something that I've actually changed my mind on. Oh, I would love to know what you thought first. But go so ahead. When I first Let the people at, know. Because Casanet is... So is uh, uh, a, a Twitch streamer, and he's basically the Michael Jordan of Twitch. Yeah. He is the greatest Twitch streamer of all time. And, um, you know, the interesting question is who Kai Sinet's target audience is. 
because he's playing video games on there a lot. Mm-hmm. You do on Twitch, you play video games. A lot of people do a lot of different things on Twitch. People just get on there and talk. But he plays video games and it's, um, you know, he comes in a Spider-Man costume sometimes. He shows up in a Spider-Man costume sometimes. You follow him on Twitch? No, I don't, I don't be on okay. Twitch. But I see the clips and he's very funny. It's like in a Harry Potter situation. They did something last week where they had a fake Zendaya come on there. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Yo, Donnie, did you see this? I did. It was weird. It it got me for a minute. She looked she exactly like Zendaya. And he's to the point to where I wouldn't think that Zendaya wouldn't come on his, his yeah. Twitch stream. So when she walked in and sat down, I thought that was Zendaya. I, I want to know who that fake Zendaya is. She looked just like her. Yeah, right? but it was when, when she, she talks that it's like, okay, that's not her. When she talked, you could see it wasn't her. And then when she turned around... Oh, and, wow. She looks just when like When she turned her. around and faced the camera, I was like, ah, oh, I can see where that's really not Zendaya. But like, if there was no Zendaya, that girl would be Zendaya. <laughs> Zendaya's fantastically talented. Yeah, she looks just like her. She looked just like her. And it was so crazy. It was really, really entertaining. So anyway... Uh, Kai and the rest and, and so many other people they did a seven day live stream and it was like in a jail type of situation I guess they had a set or maybe they went to an abandoned uh, jail or something and they're all in jail uniforms and they're playing up like they're in jails the whole nine mm-hmm. and people were pissed off right uh, one fan basically said trying to propagate jail as a place to be for your millions of followers who are mainly teens and young adults it's detrimental, but also it lets you know that this nigga Kai Sinet is a federal agent. Another <laughs> user said, if Kai is promoting jail, what are your favorite rappers doing? Raise your own kids and control what they watch because if they are on the internet, they definitely see way worse shit than an obvious fake jail stream. Okay, question remains. It's time for us to be the old niggas in the room. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So, so... Is this something that's whack? Okay, so the answer is, for me, yes. Is that your first answer? Because you said you changed. My first answer was just whack, whack, whack across the board. Okay, so now a little whack? It's whack, but goddamn, the shit was funny, bro. You watched it? Yeah, I watched it, man. The whole thing? Not the whole thing, but the clips I saw, they had Drewski, NLE Chopper, DDG was on there. Like, they had... uh, it was just, they did this one thing where it was scared straight and Kai Sinat was actually trying to, like, stop a kid from cursing. They brought some kids in it. The whole thing ended up being, it's obviously inappropriate. Obviously inappropriate. I can't look at anything that pushes the prison industrial content, like, uh, con, why can't I say that? The prison industrial complex on mm-hmm. people and go, this is great. But, like, I don't know when I watched it. I'm I was entertained. It was of course you were. It was it, it it seemed like an obvious joke. Like when you're listening to some of these rappers and rap rappers we've been listening to for a long time, it seemed like an obvious situation to where it didn't seem as big of a deal to me once I actually watched well, it. Well, I think you have to be familiar with him, which his audience obviously is. 
You have to be familiar with the type of things that he does and not just read headlines, right? Because the headlines, I was confused when I first saw it, I saw it as a headline. Right. And I thought he was going to jail for the riot that he was accused of inciting in New York. <laughs> That's what I thought. You thought that this nigga actually went to jail and they were letting him live stream? I didn't see the live stream part. Oh, okay. It's like he was going to jail and I was like, damn, he's going to jail for what he did? I clicked it. Mm. I read it. And I was like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. But I'm just saying, I know some people were a little confused, a little bit like me, because that's why you have to read what the article is. Um, listen, I know I sound old. I don't get it. I don't twitch. I don't stream in this live stream in this kind of way or watch these live streams. I would expect for it to be funny. There's a reason that you just called him the Michael Jordan of this. Yeah. He's a funny guy. He's successful. He's a huge following. So many people want to come on his shows. I've even seen clips and been entertained. I don't even really know what I'm watching. Like, it's just, he just looks like he's having so much fun mm -hmm. in everything that he's doing. But I just can't get past what seems to be joke or not. Because there's, you do a lot of skits. There's other places that you could have, you could have done scared straight and not in this way. Right. So to me, the desensitizing or even glorifying or the exploitation of Black men in prison for clicks and views, I can't look past it. Right. When this, you look at the statistics out there, when you see what incarcer mass incarceration is doing to Black families, to Black men, when you talk about the reentry into society and the mental health aspect, I can't see past it. Mm. I understand it's I a joke. It. But what does that mean for the young generation who is looking at it as a joke, who doesn't know the impact that mass incarceration is having on our society. That's, I guess, what I just see. I get that this is a joke, mm -hmm. but it could be something bigger. You could see more people do this. This could be a bigger thing. Jail is a joke. Oh, this is definitely not going to probably be the last jail stream now. So, I think it's something that I'm a lot saying? of people I do. just, I, call me old, call me that I'm not funny, whatever it is. I don't get it. Yeah. I just couldn't see past it. I mean, obviously you're not wrong. I think the thing is like, I think it is time to have a, a larger conversation about like, uh, Sometimes how we romanticize jail. I remember, you know, a very popular saying in Baton Rouge was, damn, that nigga wouldn't make it in jail. Mm -hmm. Like, you couldn't survive yeah. in jail. And I would be like, I'll never know. <laughs> Y'all gonna all find out. I remember we were on the cuts like, oh, man, foul, foul. See, you couldn't make it in jail, bro. You couldn't make it in jail. I'm like, I'm not gonna find out, dog. But you gonna find out. All y'all gonna find out. All y'all, because I see, I know what y'all doing. All y'all go find out. I'm never going to know whether or not I, I'm, I'm tough enough for jail. I'm not going to know unless somebody frame me for some shit. Because I'm not with it. I'm not about it. I'm not down. I'm not hard. I'm not street. I'm not none of it. I'm the bitch. <laughs> I'm not going with you. Hey, we just going across here to do this? No. Hey, Van, could you just hold this? No. Hey, Van, just come make this run with me. No. Hey, Van, no, 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 no. I've been to these jails. I've seen these men inside these jails. I've hugged these men inside these jails. I've seen what it does to their mamas, to their grandmamas, to their kids, to everybody. Don't seem like no fun to me. <laughs> like, I mean, just be honest with you. Don't seem like no fun to me. I see, I, I've seen it. I've sitting right there across with somebody and watched them go, damn, you getting big, man. 
last time I saw you and then watch this person cry, rest in peace, my Uncle Mark, don't seem like no fun. I don't want to go. And by the way, they didn't want me to go. You know what I mean? But when I watched it, everything that you're saying is right. When I watched it, I think that's the power of the internet and the power of entertainment. Why entertainment is so, it's such a specific deliverer of messages because the fun takes you out of your frontal lobe reaction. Mm-hmm. Like you listen to a song, mm-hmm. the song's like, I'm a killer nigga. I'm a stab, die, stab, die. Your mama cry, your mama cry. You're like, shit, this is crazy. And the whole time you're getting basically like this dark chant, kill, kill, stab, die. Your mama gonna come to your funeral and you're like, oh my God, see, you into that. She gonna say, why, 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 uh, why? Uh, why? you die, your babies cry, niggas gonna die. Nigga, no, no, no. I just, it was fitting. No, I'm don't, sorry. don't put Freddie up there. See? <laughs> but you listen to it, and now, and if and if somebody was just talk, telling you that, yo, I'm going to stab you, it's different. So when I watched it, I fell into it like anybody else. I was like, ah, oh, it's not that big a deal. They just having some fun. You know, these niggas not really in jail. You know? And that's why I, that's why I got to come on the podcast and let Rach snatch me back into reality. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, we just live in such a desensitized desensitized society and part of that is the things that we watch continuously over social media or that are made light of on social media and it's like this is real life guys this yeah. is real life yeah um we'll see i mean a lot of people but i are... guess van will be tuning in what day are they on because oh. it's seven days are they done i haven't i don't watch I, I don't be on twitch i just see the clips and the clips are fun. Drewski. Drewski is so funny. Drew, yo, Drewski uh, is so funny. Drewski is a fucking genius, man. Like, people, Drewski and the, uh, uh, there's a new brother. Um, Drewski, I watch, I love watching, uh, could have been records. I love watching those clips of those people coming to try out for him. Drewski's funny. There's a new guy, uh, uh what's the guy's name, man? Um, he does skits too. I know who you're talking about. He's in the, I think he was in this prison live stream. He's in this prison too. Mm -hmm. He's Um, in this prison too. He is. Like, um, he, these guys are so talented, man. Like somebody got to come through with a bad, uh, Ben the Don. Ben the Don is his name. Ben the Don. Like he is, him and Drewski to me, those, I watch those guys, they like never miss. It's the most consistent source of can't miss entertainment in the world right now is Ben the Dawn and Drewski. Every single sketch is funny. They do different characters so well. It's, it's amazing. Like, and so, whatever. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? 
Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. I want you to look at something right now and give me a legal give me a legal eagle on it. So this is Jack Doherty is a YouTuber. Never heard of him. Never heard of him either. But I mean, that don't stop him from being rich. And it's it's just wild to me that these people have millions and millions of followers. Yeah. And we've never heard of them. So this is what happened. So apparently Jack Doherty was into it with this guy in a let's get physical costume. And uh this dude got basically the shit punched out of him. Um, there was another, I'm not gonna go into the whole backstory because it really don't matter to me. <laughs> Uh, the only thing that matters is what happened at the end. There is a... a... <laughs> it's not professional. It's not professional. I'm just saying for real. It's like not... to you, you, You're doing stuff. Okay. Playing on a nigga deep dark fears. Now something else. Look at all the dog videos I retweet. I'm such an idiot. Um... Come on. Ooh, okay, so this guy. I, 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 I got to find it because I got the clip. Donnie Hold on, I'll put it in the. Uh... We put the wrong clip. Nah, it's okay. You already fucked it up. No, the one that's um, in so, the rundown is the full clip. Nah, nah, it's not that. It's, it's from before. You want the cool. other angle. So um, uh, this is what happened. So that's Karina Kopf. She is apparently a YouTuber as well. <laughs> and <laughs> there was some beef between Jack and her. He said something about her. And then Jack's bodyguard, uh, a gentleman by the name of King Kong, who <laughs> is one of the biggest niggas I've ever seen before. <laughs> Just to be honest with you. This nigga's fucking gigantic. He's apparently Jack's bodyguard. I want a legal eagle. Why does a YouTuber have a bodyguard? Because he'd be talking shit to people and they probably want to fuck him up. So that's why he has a bodyguard. So probably. he can talk shit and hide behind probably. Kane. Um, so legal eagle. Is this A, a lawsuit, B, illegal? Okay. Like, Me? is there a crime? Okay. Is there a crime? Why are you talking to, dog? I'm just saying, y'all say, yo, just walk. Then walk. Oh, no. no. It's not funny. It's not funny. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Whoa. Whoa. Let's, no, let's play it again and get your honest assessment. What? It's not. It, I. It just took me by surprise. It was a nervous laugh. <laughs> it was a nervous laugh. Rach, you like that shit. No, See? I didn't. It's a nervous laugh. Um, so what was your question? You asked me if this was is is is, is this a crime? King Kong, who is, is the bodyguard? Is here, there a lawsuit? Is there a lawsuit? And is that a crime? Yeah, there's a little bit of both here. Now, granted, I'm watching one angle of this video. I did not see everything that happened before because the video that you showed me shows Jack and the blonde talking and off camera, um, Arcane and this this other guy. Then on camera. Well, yeah, right. So you don't right. See what so happened so before so then. I don't know if. The let's get physical guy, you know, threw a punch, touched him. But let's just assume he didn't because we didn't see that. All we saw was Kane get upset, hit the guy's arm down, and then punch him dead in the face. From what I saw, that's an assault, mm-hmm. hands down. It didn't, the let's get physical guy did not look like he was threatening him mm-hmm. in any way. And even if it was words, punching him in the face like that, I mean, unless it was the word, you know. Which if, we say is violent. Oh, uh, if it would have been the word. If it is the word, then, then the all bets are off. Yeah. yeah. But let's he assume was it getting, wasn't. He was getting froggy with him, though, okay, saying, hey, just walk. He just was. Just walk away. He was. Just walk away. And they all let's were. get physical, guy. My nigga, I know you must have been drunk. You're fucking an idiot. 
like you you are definitely an idiot for telling no, no, that big ass nigga just walk away. That that like come on dog. Like, yeah, but the guy this. punched him. That's an assault. That's there's that's obviously a crime, right? Like yeah. it's an assault. It, it did not warrant that. It seems like he just punched him and punched him. The other guy wasn't a threat. He didn't hit him. He didn't hit him first. There was no self-defense claim that looks like that there could be made here. Uh-huh. So yeah, they, there could be criminal charges. There could also be a lawsuit. He could sue him. He could sue Jack. He could sue, I mean, like you sue everybody, right? He could sue Jack? Well, he's an employee of Jack, right? So, you know, like sometimes in a lawsuit, you sue everybody. You sue up the chain, right? Oh, yeah. You sue the person with the most money. He's an employee of you. He, you know, like you're responsible for him. He's acting on your behalf. Like, yeah. So it could be both. It could be a civil and a criminal issue here. You think he should just let it slide? He got punched in the shit. He's not. He probably will. I Which think one? he's going to let it slide. Because I, I mean, think I think either Jack is going to pay this guy not to press charges because if he wants to, King Kong is the problem. Let me tell Kane something. Stop guarding because because th- also Kane has this, there's like other activities that are similar to this. He punched out someone. He used to be the baby's bodyguard. Baby's bodyguard, yeah. And he punched out a woman. He defended himself and said there was a reason for it, but he literally took, punch, like, not once, multiple punches is on video. A woman who, I guess, touched the baby or got in his way or whatever it was. So there's, he's a history of this. Yeah. Of doing this. But if I'm Kane, and Kane, if you're listening, if somebody knows, do not guard people like Jack. Because if I... Full disclosure, I saw the whole video. <laughs> if I, I know you just showed it to me, but I saw, uh-huh. a diff- I saw the whole video. And Jack is talking to these two Let's Get Physical guys before Karina, whatever her name is, shows up. Yeah. Before the bodyguard shows up. And he's a totally different person. Once his bodyguard shows up, he starts instigating. He even says the two of us versus the two of you and runs off and leaves his bodyguard there, then comes back and says he's kidding. He's talking mad shit. He's trying to be big and bold, all hiding behind his bodyguard. He sets you up. I'm not saying that you punch that person on your own, but he's putting you in bad situations Mm -hmm. and hiding behind you. He then additionally, after this, Jack posts this video on his social media. He's bragging about the yeah, whole Jack thing. He was also live streaming this thing. That's why there is video evidence. So for Kane and anybody else, particularly black, that might be thinking that they're going to guard them, Jack doesn't give a fuck about you. He is setting you up for failure and he will hire the next bodyguard that he can hide behind. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. And all this is just giving Jack attention. And now he's on our radar when 24 hours ago, we had no idea who he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me take some. All right, guys, we got to go. Uh, spirited Higher Learning started off with um, Childhood Trauma Relived. I hope that you guys are happy that you've scared me and that you made me have a couple of pre-ventricular contractions earlier. I had some PVCs because of Freddy Krueger. When you see me... Don't make me feel bad. It's okay. When you see me check my pulse there, that lets you know that my heart is being funny. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Uh, we're going to leave you today with Flavor Flav singing the national anthem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love this. Let's Take you think caps off and do not stop learning. I am Van Latham Jr. And I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye, guys. Take it away, Flav. And the home of the brave of the brave 
the 